Family dynamics can be the launch pad for dreams or a cage of nightmares. No family is perfect, but there is hope for your family no matter what it looks like. Let's look at what the Bible says about families and the roles each of us play. Welcome to Family-ish. Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you know what this is? What is it? Somebody help me. Cinchin cord. You know, I don't care how carefully you wrap this up when you're done. You already know where I'm going. You can turn a quarter turn every time and you can put this in your barn or your shed or your toolbox and it is perfect. And when you take it out to use it, it is climbed together like two snakes and it is full of knots. Have you ever noticed that? I just hate that. But that's the way life is. We take it out, it gets tied up in knots. Why? Because we live in a world that is cursed because of the original sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. So do you or your family ever feel all tied up in knots? Maybe your home is just, man, just a launch pad and a landing pad. Maybe your calendar is crowded or your mind is preoccupied with a million things. Maybe your heart's troubled. Or maybe your marriage is just hanging on by a thread. Maybe your kids have gone crazy or there's a loss of someone or an illness. Maybe you're at a place where you never ever dreamed that you would be. Couldn't we all use a little more peace? A little more purpose? A little more of heaven and a little less of this crazy, wicked world that we're trying to live in. See, if anything ties the hand of God, nothing ties God's hand more than us getting tangled up in our own heads and our own hearts, tangled up in knots, not knowing what to do. We, we tie God's hands and then we begin to ruminate over and over on past negative experiences, projecting those into the future. But can I tell you there's some incredible news? Because we know a God who can loosen all the knots that are cutting off your joy, cutting off your victory, and that can rescue us. Now let me share a thought that for some of you, this is gonna be a sort of almost shocking. And for others, because you've been around, you're gonna say, well, yeah, everybody knows that, but everybody doesn't know what I'm about to say. So let me hit, it, hit you with it. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. The church is the single most important family in the world. It's the single most important family. Now think about it. Some of your biological family may or may not go to heaven, but you're going to heaven with the people of God and you're gonna spend forever with them. So we ask others, but I want you to, think, I want you to listen really closely because it, 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 what I'm about to give you is gonna change your attitude about what the church is. We ask questions like, are you going to church? Where do you go to church? How's the music or the message? What's on the ministry menu at your church? Or we hear people say, I'm looking for a new church, or I don't really like my church, or I'm not actually even a part of a church. I gave up on the church because I'm against organized religion. Things like this, we hear them all the time. People say them with more and more regularity in our current culture. 
But the church is nothing like Netflix. It's nothing like Chick-fil-A. The church isn't anything like any of our favorite brands or products. The church isn't a product to buy into. It is a people to belong to. Are y'all with me? The church isn't a where, she is a who. The church isn't a commodity, she is a calling. The church isn't a building, she is the body of Christ. The church isn't organized religion, she's organized relationships. Are you with me? The church isn't a formality, she is a family at the very core. So welcome home, Faith Promise. Some of you had a tough week, and man, you just come and you're able to say, I'm glad I'm here. Michelle and I love you so much, and we're so thrilled that you're with us this weekend. No matter where you're joining us, maybe you're live at one of our campuses, we say welcome. Maybe, hey, you're at Bristol, watch party this weekend. We can't wait to launch that thing full. Come on, Stephen and Tabitha, doing a great job, man. We can't wait till that launches. God behind bars, maybe you're online, we're thrilled you're there. Or maybe you're listening to this message later in the week or sometime later, you have loaded this message and you're listening to it. We're thrilled that you're with us. And Faith Promise is a family that loves you and wants you. Some of you have been a part of biological families that didn't actually want you. We want you. We're thrilled you're here. There's no such thing as a perfect family. The same goes for the family of faith. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We admit that we're your family. We confess that we need you and we need each other. So God, would you take these minutes and would you begin to reorganize in our mind the thoughts we have about your church, the bride of Christ, the body of God, would you, would you line our thoughts up with the word of God, the truth? And even as the song that we sang, man, we don't want any lies. So God, expose us to some truth, impart it, and change our view. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. now maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you're just curious about God. You're here this weekend. Maybe you're Maybe you're still unsure about what you even believe about the church because if you grow up in this culture today, the church is a negative thing. And maybe what I've already said is news to you, but for believers in this room, it's nothing new. We understand the church is the most important single family on the planet. But you know, I take my word for it. Let's see what Jesus said about it in Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 46, because the word of God is true whether we like it or not. Amen? It just is. And, and so we believe it. I believe it from genuine leather to genuine leather, the maps and the index, all the way through this thing. While he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were outside, standing outside, seeking to speak to him, speak with him. Someone said to him, behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, who is my mother And who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus said, it's not about a biological family. It's about a a spiritual family 
who do the will of God. Faith Promise is a family that is a faith movement sweeping across this state with the love of the Father, bringing his kingdom to earth. A family of disciples following Jesus, trying to live like he lived. And let me tell you, Jesus' key that we need, that is in total and absolute surrender to the will of the Father. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. And that will meant torture and a cross and death. We should be able to say with, with our Lord, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Whatever you want is good. Are, are y'all with me? Come on, that's 12 of you. Let's be real. Listen, I love how people pick and choose. I like that verse. That's good. I don't like that one. I can't be right. I don't really like to go to church, so you don't have to go to church to be spiritual. No, but you need to be go to church if you're a Christ follower. So the church is a tie that binds us together as a family for a greater purpose. This faith family is designed to help keep us from getting tangled up in the knots of life. And when we do get tangled up, because we will all get tangled up, right? This family is the one who helps you untangle the knots that this world puts us into as we pursue a greater calling together, not just for each other, but for a world that needs what God has. So the next time you feel all tied up in knots, have you considered becoming a part of a spiritual faith family? See, Christ followers in the community core of faith promise, we, we get it. And the next time we see someone else out there in the world all tied up in knots, we need to consider inviting them to be a part of this family to help have the knots untied. Does that make sense? See, uh, it's, it's part of the problem, I believe, is how we see the church. The word church is actually a very poor translation of the Greek word ekklesia. Ekklesia is a compound word, ek, E-K, which means from out of, come out. And lasia or kalasia is an assembly. So the word that was, as we always translate church is actually a gathering of those called out by God. A gathering of those who, it's a spiritual family. But because we see the church differently than the scripture reveals the church, we get all twisted up and believe the church is an event or a place that we drop by once or twice a month. No commitment required. I don't have to serve. I don't have to be a part. I just show up and they give me a little spiritual food and I go out and I'll be back when I need it again. See, and if that's how you handle your biological family, your family's going to suck. And you say, but I really wish you wouldn't talk about the church, Pastor. My, my biological family's messed up. I need you to talk more about that. No, listen to me. If you are connected to the family of God and you are growing in your faith, your biological family will be far better off. Are you with me? So instead of asking people, hey, do you go to church? How about asking them, do you have a faith family? Instead of asking people or people saying, I'm looking for a church, how about saying, I'm looking for a new family? Can you hear the difference in those words? See, here's the deal. Let's think about this. You cannot think outside of your vocabulary. In fact, just go ahead and try it. Try to think of something that, that, that you don't have words for. 
You can't think that way. And so because we have assigned the wrong words to the church, we have a skewed view of what the church is. Does that make sense? It's just what, what we do see. And, and every week in this year, we've been challenging all the, all the parts of this family, this faith family, to walk in the favor of God. We believe God wants to favor his family. And that is our theme verse, Psalms 90, verse 17. And may the favor of the Lord our God be upon you and confirm the work of your hands. Just confirm the work of your hands. So all in favor, say aye. aye. And it's a force. And when you're a part of a loving family, you get, you get favorable treatment, don't you? I mean, and so when you're a part of this family, you get favored treatment from the Father. And I want the Father's favor. It's a force that's leading us to a greater life. So as a part of this family, you're entitled to the family likeness, which means you need to look like Jesus looked. There are family ties, which means you're committed and you get supported by and you support. You get the family blessings, which means our Lord is building you a mansion in heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come get you to bring you where I am. You say, Pastor, man, that sounds like Pollyanna pie in the sky. It's not. It's just absolutely not. It's how the first disciples lived. They were a family. Peter said, we've left everything to follow you. What are we going to get? I love Peter. <laughs> Jesus said, you're going to get a 10,000% increase. That's what he said, here and in heaven. It's red letters. Go check it out. It's incredible what if you read this Bible, you'll actually find it's absolutely mind-boggling. See, these the, the disciples, they lived together. They traveled together. They ministered together. They were there to see the greatest of the miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, the resurrection of the widow's son, opening of blind eyes. They were also there to see the trial and the torture and the crucifixion and the persecution to the point that 10 of the 11 died martyrs. Yes. See, the church is a tie that binds us together. It's not a place that we drop by. It is a people that we love. It binds us just like it bound the first disciples together. According to a recent study, compared to the same study 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 77% of those that proclaimed themselves Christians said they'd been to a corporate worship experience in the last six months. That number dropped by 60% at the beginning of last year. There's no measuring the loss of Christian community in the wake of people going to church very sporadically. The average faith, pro now listen, let's don't talk about America. Let's don't talk about a people out there. Let's talk about us. The average faith promise family checks their kids in 1.5 times a month. 1.5 times a month. Is that, is that crazy? It's not a famous place you just drop by. It's, 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 in, it's insane. And we took out the people only come once a year. They don't even count in that number. If we added them in, it, would be, it wouldn't even be a whole number. There's no measuring the loss of Christian community or as people with the pandemic and as people are already de-churching. 
And this shift in our culture is, is the, the, the Christian community is being replaced by relaxing events. I can go fishing and be spiritual. I can go hunting by myself. I can play golf or I can read a book or I can watch a movie. None of those things are bad things. There's just no family involved. It's you being all by yourself. But America's never felt more alone, never felt more isolated, never felt more apart. It should wake the church up. Are you with me? We have 52 family reunions a year. They're called weekends. We have 52 of them. And when you only catch 10 or 12 of them, can I tell you, never gonna really be apart. And what we do is we blame the family because you don't feel apart. You're not giving, you're not serving, you're not in a group. Something happens to you and say, I knew that big old church didn't care about me. Nobody came saw me at the hospital. First off, you ever called anybody. Our crystal ball's really hazy around here. And so if you don't ask for help, you ain't getting jack. Wake up. Come on, somebody. Man. Dang, I, it boggles my mind. Yeah, I left that church. They're big. They only care about numbers. Yeah, nobody came saw me. Did you tell anybody no? They should have just known. I was sure the hospital called them and told them. No, the hospital doesn't really care about you. It's last year church. So how about you? Is what, is, is what you're tied to holding you together? Is it pulling you apart? Does this make sense? And then think about the people where you live, work, study, shop, and play. Are you inviting them to be a part of your spiritual family? Or are you just leaving them out in the cold? Check out this story. We started Faith Promise and I was baptized in uh, December and January came around and I was in a small group and there was a notice there that said a single mom needs a, a babysitter, someone that'll love her baby like she would. And I said, hey, you know, how would you like to do that? Because she's a nurturer and she said, yeah, let's find out about it. And so we met Jessica and Everly and uh, it was life changing. My name's Jessica Weaver and I am a single mom of three children. I went into recovery in 2018 and had four months clean when I found out that I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, Everly. I got, I got help and I, I joined the program, mom's program and I started going to celebrate at Faith Promise and I made some really good connections. And um, one of the connections that I made, she introduced me to Mike and Sharon, which I call Nanny and Pop. And um, after Everly was born, they began to watch her for me when she was about seven weeks old and just really decided to adopt me. Jessica's ours. Our kids love her and, and we all love Everly and we do everything that we can together and we do everything we can for her. And the thing we told Jessica is we want the best for you, we expect the best from you. She's doing the things that she needs to do to be a good mom and, and to be a good person and a good follower of Christ. Ever since they've been my mom and dad, they've just gone above and beyond and um, Pops was diagnosed with cancer and um, the Lord told him to buy me a car, and they did. They showed up with a car, and it was unbelievable. I just don't know how people can just love someone without Jesus. And I would just encourage someone to let them love them. You know, at first, when they bought me my car, I was like, who does that? What do they want, <laughs> you know? 
and they were like, we just want to, we just want you to get in here and we want you to see that God loves you and that you deserve to have a good life. Jessica and Everly have been a huge change in our lives and, and a blessing to us far beyond anything we could be to them. Sure what Jess said, who does that? Family does that. That's what a family does. The Bible says in the book of Acts, there were no needs in that first church of tens of thousands because everyone gave as anyone had a need and every need was met because they were a family. Come on. Listen, if you knew all the stories and the things that God has done across this family at all of our campuses, it would absolutely rock your world. One of our theme verses a few years ago said in Psalms chapter 92, verse 12, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like the cedar in Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. You catch that word, planted, roots into the house, the family of God. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. And even when they they should be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright and he is my rock in him, there is no unrighteousness. See, it's not just about us flourishing, but it's about other people helping other people like Jessica flourish, who who found herself cleaned up and is a mother, a single mother of three and needed somebody in her family and she's a part of our family to walk with her. It's about others flourishing and us being a part. It's about Jesus, as he said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Let me tell you, and again, if you are abiding in the house of God and the family of God and you are growing, it will impact your biological family. A family that prays together stays together. I get emails every week, pastor, you gotta call my wife, you gotta call my husband, they want a divorce, what are you gonna do? I just call back, that. I email back, they don't wanna talk to me. Because they're doing sin, they don't wanna see me coming. I, there's no way I can intervene until somebody wants help, are you with me? I pray, I'm broken hearted. But, but people will, you know, they'll say, my, my husband, he's committed, or my wife, they're committed, and yet they're leaving me. Man, we, we got counselors, we got help, but man, come on. Man, if you're seeking God, you're gonna stick together. See, the church is the tie that binds us together for a greater purpose. It's our theme verse. We are sealed for service. In Acts 4.30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And listen, when you drive by 10 or 12 times a year and you're not part of the family, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed in the day of redemption. Like a vine, those that are planted in the house, the family of God, we grow together. Who's mentoring you? Who's a spiritual mom or dad guiding you? Who's, who's, a, who's walking with you? We serve others. We, we understand the devil's a thief, Right? We lost 1,500 people during COVID that haven't come back. And 25% of the people that serve the body of God called Faith Promise this family do no, no longer serve. And if somebody at your house quits doing a project or quits doing a chore, do we, not, do we just don't ever take the garbage out again? Somebody else steps into that, right? 
Many of you are here. We've over a thousand new people this year that you are not serving. We're thrilled you're here. We're glad you're sitting, but it's time to get up off your blessed assurance and begin to serve your family. Amen. Come on. All of you clapping are probably not serving. The Bible says, as each one of us has received a spiritual gift, employ it, use it in serving one another, so as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Give generously. If we are people trying to fully and radically surrender to the will of our Father, because that is the family, those who do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, then tithing should be a piece of cake. Did you hear that? There's this first three rows, amen. Come on, come on, somebody, help me out. I love it when you just prove my point. Honey, have we given this year? No. Don't clap. That's probably not Bible anyway. Come on, I love you. <laughs> help me, Jesus. Not to say the things that are coming into my head right now. <laughs> we tell them of him. How are we going to help others be a part of the family of God? Come on, if we're not. If any of these things have happened to you that you've begun giving or serving or you found a family here in the last year, would you let us know by sending that to stories at faithpromise.org? That's how we got the story of Jess. Well, that incredible? It's happening all over. It stimulates everyone when we see these kind of stories. So, man, send them. Let us know. Just like a vine, those that are, those that are planted in the church, the family of God. Now, see, but if you're not planted, you're going to struggle to go because the unplanted starve because there's no depth of soil. There's no roots. And so as soon as the sun comes up or persecution or tribulation, they die. You can't grow if you're not planted. You struggle to serve because the unplanted shrivel up and die. You struggle to give because the unplanted don't, they find no shade with which to just relish in the favor of God. They struggle to share because without protection and support and encouragement of the family of God, we are easy pickings for the devil. So if you need help in those areas, pull the communication card out of the seat back at all of our campuses. Just pull them out, fill it out, say, I need help serving or giving or whatever. We'll walk with you. We will help you. We want to help you. We want to celebrate you. We want to support you. Are you with me? Because being a part of the family of God, man, it means that we support and encourage each other. We're about to, in, a, in, in less than a month, we're going to have Independence Day, and we believe we should be independent. But in this family, as in every faith family, we're not to be independent. We're to be interdependent. Needing each other. See, see let, matter of fact, let me give you, there's some commands. I call them other commands in the Bible. And I want you to think about how few of these you can do if you're not committed to a faith family. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Here's, here's some of the one another commands. Love one another. Serve one another. Build up one another. Send gifts one to another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. 
fervently love one another, greet one another with a holy kiss, hold that last part back, encourage one another, confess your sins one to another, help bring peace one to another, be hospitable one to another, bearing the burdens one of another, speak truth one to another, fellowship one with another, be kind one to another, be subject one to another, consider one another as more important than yourself, teach one another and comfort one another. How do you do those and not be a part of the family of faith? Come on. You're missing out and the family's missing out. So, so we need each other. The church is the single most important family in the world. It is the church that tie, it's the tie that binds us together as a family for a greater purpose. Listen, we all get all tied up in knots. We all get messed up. Just well, listen, we, we thought we wrapped it up perfectly and it was ready to be used, but we just woke up and we were tied up in knots. There's a father of this family that loves you more than you can imagine and he wants to untie the knots and let you plug into heaven and walk a life that the people of this world can't even imagine. So campus pastors, all of our campuses, you're a gift from God. Would you guys come on out and help some people untie the knots? Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise, would you?